Welcome to the Own Your Singleness podcast. I'm your host, life coach, and relationship educator, Jessica Hutton. And every week on the show, we are going to talk about all things related to living and loving well. Specifically, we will talk about how to own your singleness, overcome barriers to creating a life you love, and how to nurture healthy relationship patterns that will enable you to get, keep, and love quality men and relationships that could lead to marriage. Black women have been well-trained for decades to believe that we are undesirable. We are taught to believe that because we're black women, and especially if we're darker black women, that we are unattractive, that we are independent, which really means that we don't need anyone or we don't desire anyone. We've been taught to believe that we're too strong, that we're not feminine, that we don't want love, need love, or desire love, and that our job is to give to others and never expect anything in return. And one of the primary narratives that Black women have been taught for many, many, many years is that love is unattainable for us. There's this idea that we should either A, expect to never marry, B, expect that if we do marry, we will end up divorced or C, expect that the only way we can marry is if we marry a black man. And then I guess you could call it a D. The likelihood of marrying a black man is very low because A, black men aren't looking for black women. B, black men are not available because they're incarcerated, uneducated, jobless and all the other stereotypes that people associate with black men or that black women have impossible standards. I have thought long and hard about this narrative because for a long time, I myself have believed that I would never be able to find a husband. Like I would never be married. I imagined marriage And most of the time when I thought about being married, I imagined that I would marry a black man. But every time I see a black man, especially one that I'm attractive to, I assume he wouldn't be attracted to me. I assumed that he only liked white women. And then maybe if he was a little more cultured, he might be into Latino women or Asian women or someone that wasn't black. And so I just came to the conclusion that Either I would never marry a black guy, or if I did marry a black guy, it would be one of those guys who was all about being black, for lack of better words, or one of those guys who wanted to prove or demonstrate black love, you know, hashtag black love, or I would end up with a white guy, which is something I wasn't interested in. And so I was constantly looking at research. I don't even know why I started, but I think it was because I got on the dating websites, eHarmony, Match. There was another one I thought I got on. I don't remember what it was. And I was not being asked out on dates. I didn't get any likes or kisses or whatever the things are called. I didn't get any, There were, I didn't get any attention and I didn't understand why. I put my best photos up there. I completed the profile. I was transparent and then where I wanted to be 
a little bit more transparent. I decided to hold some things back and I wasn't getting any hit. And I just concluded I wouldn't be married. No guy is going to marry me. They're not going to be attracted to me. They're not going to like me. They're not going to date me. If they date me, they either have a fetish. That is, if they're a white guy or someone who's non-black, they either have a fetish. They have this fantasy of being with a black woman at least once to see what it's like. Or they want to prove that they're not prejudiced in some way. Or they couldn't find a good white woman or a good non-black woman. So they just have to settle for what's available. I had all these negative thoughts. And it wasn't because I was trying to. I didn't try to believe that I was undesirable, unlovable, that no one would want to be with me, that no one would marry me. And yet I was just so suspicious. I remember going to therapy and I had this, I had a white therapist, a woman in her mid sixties and bless her heart. I really liked her. She had a phenomenal personality and she was very helpful and kind and you know, a free spirit. And I really appreciated the work that I did with her. But I remember having a conversation with her about dating. And I said, I would like to get married one day, but I don't know what to do. I was like, I feel like I don't have any prospects. I don't know if I should live here anymore. I feel like I should go somewhere else. And I remember she said, why don't you try online dating? And I said, that doesn't work for me. And she gave me this look like, what do you mean it doesn't work for you? Have you tried online dating? And I said, yeah, it doesn't work for me. And instantly I thought she doesn't know what I'm talking about because she's a white, upper class, blonde, beautiful woman. She don't know what I'm talking about when I say that doesn't work for me. And I was so grieved. I was like, I can't work with her. She doesn't know what I'm going through. But she was insistent. Get online, get online, get online. You're a beautiful woman. You're intelligent. You have a good career. You have these ambitions. Someone would love to be with you. And I was like, this woman's crazy. She don't know what she's talking about. Don't nobody want to be with me. I'm a black woman. On top of that, I'm a dark-skinned woman. And if we go off of the research, I'm dark-skinned, African-American, in my 30s. I have a master's degree and I'm upwardly mobile in my career ambitions and my finances. They're not going to try to be with me. Trust and believe the statistics are not in my favor. And if I recall correctly, I ended my therapeutic relationship with her. I didn't want to see her anymore because I concluded she doesn't know how to help me. She can't relate to my experience. Now, fast forward a couple years later, and I'm working on myself and I'm just in this state of reflection and prayer and just really trying to grow and mature spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And I was driving down Rock Road and I heard so clearly that I needed to open my mind. It was so, I wish I could remember the exact words. I'm sure it's somewhere in my journal, but it was, it was, it was this message. I felt like it was divine, like it was from God and was like, it's time to open your mind. You need to open your mind to the possibility of being in love with someone, marrying someone that doesn't look like you. And it was just this revelation, this sort of aha moment. And I let it settle in my heart. You know, you know what? I do need to be open. I can't close my mind to being with certain people. I can't close my mind to marrying someone that doesn't look like me. Because if I do that, I might just limit myself. I might just find myself unmarried, especially if I continue down the path that I'm on. 
the interesting thing is I've dated white people before. And if you've read my blogs, if you've read my book, if you've listened to my podcast, you know that I've also dated women. I've dated everybody. I've dated women. I've dated people of different races. So I'm not unfamiliar with dating outside my race or outside of what is considered appropriate, socially appropriate, even biblically appropriate. So it's not so much a fear of the unknown, but I had decided that I didn't want to go down that path anymore, specifically dating non-black men, because my last relationship with a white man I remember him saying so clearly when we broke up, we had sort of become friends again. And he said, uh, you're my last black girlfriend. (laughs) It was messed up. He said, you're my last black girlfriend. I couldn't see myself being with another black woman. And I remember when he said that to me, I was like, what the, is this dude for real? It was so offensive, but I didn't really know what to say. I was 22, 21 years old at the time. I didn't know what to say, but I knew I was offended. And then after him, I didn't date another white guy ever since then. Prior to him, I dated several white guys. And after him, I ended up dating several Mexican men. And then I ended up dating other Latino men. And then I ended up dating a black men. Then I ended up back with my women. So <laughs> I've dated a lot of different people. But I knew I wasn't going to date no white man again because that I was done. And I was done because I had experienced the prejudice from all my white boyfriends' families. The only prejudice I did, the only the only white partner I had that I didn't experience prejudice with their family was my ex girlfriend. Her family was not prejudiced, but I think they got to the point it was like, my daughter's a lesbian. She's bringing home a black girl. I'm not surprised. So it was a different experience with her family, but I didn't feel. I still didn't feel like I could merge with their family. They came from a small town. And even though her immediate family seemed to be comfortable with me, for lack of better words, I didn't think that I could, I didn't think that I could really have a future with her and be associated with that small town and feel safe and comfortable to love her and embrace her in our relationship. And so there's just, I have all this history with white people since I was a kid. And then when I officially started dating and then my son is, you know, the product of the relationship that I had with a white guy. So I have a mixed child. Well, he's not a child anymore. He's grown, but I have all this history with white people that let me know that's not where I want to be. And the irony is I never been loved by a black man. And yet I found myself being loyal to the idea of marrying a black man, loving a black man, committing my heart to the idea of being with a black man until that day on Rock Road where I felt like God was putting in my heart to open up. And so the point of this podcast is to get black women to open up. I truly believe that it's time to change the narrative. As I said, I didn't necessarily try to believe that I was unlovable, undateable, unmarriable, unattractive. I didn't try to believe that, but this stuff was so deeply ingrained, I think, that it impacted 
all my dating decisions. It influenced the way that I approached online dating. I think that it may have even influenced how other people saw me. If I saw myself as unlovable, unattractive, unmarriable, you know, who's to say that the messages I released online didn't convey that and then turn people off to me who might have otherwise been interested? And who's to say that I didn't carry myself in such a way that said, don't approach me. I'm not the one you want to be with. I'm not the kind of woman you would desire. Who's to say that I didn't give those impressions? And so after God said to me, or I feel like God said to me, it's time to open up, I realized it is truly time to change the narrative. Black women are so guilty of perpetuating the lies, their narratives, the stereotypes, the cynicism that has been released about us for centuries. We keep telling the same story and then wonder why our circumstances don't change. We keep saying that black men don't want to be with black women. We keep saying that non-black men aren't really interested in black women. And like I assumed at one point in my life, if they're interested in you, it's because they have a fetish or because they're trying to prove that they're not prejudiced or they're, 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 trying to, they're settling because there's no non-black women available that are interested in them. We keep telling ourselves these stories and then wonder why we're miserable and we remain single and unhappy with our lives and have these inferiority complexes and question our worth and our lovability. And it's ridiculous. It's time to stop. We need to embrace who we are inside and out. We need to embrace the color of our skin. We need to embrace the texture of our hair. We need to embrace the way we talk, the way we walk. We need to embrace our curves, the lack thereof. All black women are not the same. We need to embrace every aspect of who we are because we are fearfully and wonderfully made and God did it. He made no mistakes. And when we really truly embrace who we are, when we really truly love ourselves, then we will be able to convey that confidence and lovability and desirability to the rest of the world. They're going to follow our lead. So as long as black women keep saying, men aren't attracted to me, as long as black women keep saying, I'm too dark, that's why they don't see me. They don't see me. They don't even consider me. They bypass me. They swipe left. As long as we keep saying that, we are releasing we're, we are, as I hear Dr. Alexis say all the time, words create worlds. If you keep saying that, it's going to keep going out there. And I, I'm not being new agey. God, Elohim, in the beginning, he spoke and the world came to pass. Everything the Lord says comes to pass. We were created in his image. When we speak, things happen. That's why we need to speak life. That's why we need to prophesy life. That's why we need to say what God is saying. Jesus said to Satan, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You live according to the word of God. You stand in agreement with God. Stop standing in agreement with Satan. He is the father of lies. The Lord, he releases the spirit of truth. He is truth. But when you keep saying they don't like me because 
You're standing in agreement with lies. You need to change the narrative. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if it seems like everybody is swiping left. I don't care if it seems like nobody is clicking like on your post on Instagram or on Tinder or on Match or on eHarmony. I don't care. If your black brothers go live and put it out there that they only like Latinas, they only like white women, I don't care what it looks like. We don't go by what we see in the first place. If you're a believer, you should never go by what you see. You should walk by faith. And I'm not saying you need to have faith to believe that someone loves you, but because of the the narrative and the lies that we've believed that have been deeply ingrained for so long, perhaps you do need to intentionally, as a black woman, walk by faith, intentionally choose, decide every single day to believe that you are lovable, to believe that you are attractive, to believe that there is a good godly man who loves you who wants you from head to toe he loves your hair he loves your skin he loves the he loves your body he loves your curves he loves your voice he loves your intelligence he loves your imagination he loves you he loves you you are dark and lovely you are beautiful to him You are sexy. You are intelligent. He feeds off your ambition. He feeds off of your passion. He feeds off of your strength, your power, your independence. He's not afraid of you. He's not intimidated by you. He doesn't shrink around you. He loves you. You need to believe and prophesy and receive by faith that God has someone, many ones, that he affirms and approves to be your husband. You need to change the narrative. Every day you wake up, say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I believe I am lovable. I believe that I am fearfully and wonderful made. I believe that I I am meant for love. I was created for love. I believe that there is someone suitable for me and I am suitable for him. I believe there is someone looking for me and I shall be found in Jesus name. That's what you need to say. Stop prophesying the statistics. Stop speaking against the men that you desire. Stop saying that non-black men have some weird ideas about you and that somehow you're a settlement for non-black men. Stop saying that black men don't love you. Stop saying the things that people want you to believe. The enemy wants you to believe. Change the narrative. Black women do marry. You are not doomed for unwanted singleness because you're a black woman. And I understand the pain. I understand the historical, the generational historical pain, trauma. I understand all of that. It's significant. I'm not undermining it. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying it doesn't impact us. It does. As I said, I wasn't even aware I felt the way I did. However, God has the last say. And if you truly believe that the Lord has called you to marriage why would you say anything that goes against his word concerning you why would you prophesy anything that contradicts the word of God concerning you why are you agreeing with the enemy why are you agreeing with your heartbroken self why are you agreeing with the world who is against you who decides every day to be a naysayer to you why would you stand in agreement with that change the narrative start 
speaking life over yourself and speak life over your other sisters. Stop hating on your sisters who get married. Stop hating on the light-skinned girls. Stop hating on the dark-skinned girls. Stop hating on the girls who wear the weave. Stop hating on the girls who wear the afros. Stop hating on the girls who shave their hair off. Stop hating. Love each other. We are all one in Christ. There is no Jew. There is no Gentile. There is no difference. In Christ, we are one. We are one body. And he shows no favorites. He shows no partiality. You need to stand in agreement with the word of God and you need to start prophesying life. Speak life. It is my time to get married. I am lovable. I am desirable. I shall have what I say. And trust me when I say this, sis, you will have what you say because you have it already. You've been saying black men don't want you. They don't approach you. You've been saying white guys fetishize you. They've been fetishized fetishizing you. You've been saying you'll never get married. You ain't married. You've been saying all this stuff and you got it. Change your mouth. Watch your mouth. Change your narrative and watch God do some amazing, phenomenal things in your life because it is time. And at the end of the day, you who were considered the very least, you who were considered nothing, you who were considered the bottom of the totem pole, you weren't beautiful, you weren't smart, you weren't desirable, you weren't lovable to the world, to the enemy, the the message they've been telling, you who was last shall be first. God is going to bless you. God is going to be glorified in your life. God is going to be glorified in your marriage. This ain't about a black love thing. Whoever God brings to your life, if he's Asian, if he's black, if he's white, if he's Indian, I don't care what he is. Whoever God brings to your life that he affirms and approves to marry you, your marriage will glorify God if you do things his way. But you need to open yourself up. You need to change the narrative. You need to put yourself out there. You need to trust God with your life. Trust God with your marriage. Trust God that he didn't make any mistakes when he made you. Because you, sister, my black sister in Christ, are fearfully and wonderfully made. Didn't I just bless you? I felt blessed while I was recording it. It was just one of those spontaneous recordings. And I just felt inspired as I thought about the struggles of Black women. And I keep seeing it everywhere. Black women keep talking about why it's impossible for them to find love. And this has been on my heart for a while. And I just felt like it was time to release it. It is truly time to change the narrative. I hope you felt encouraged by that. I felt encouraged by it. And I want you to know that even though I recorded the episode, that doesn't mean that I've got it all figured out, but it does mean that I'm reflective and it means that I'm open to the possibilities of marrying someone that doesn't look like me. It means I'm open to the possibility of God doing amazing things in my life in ways that I would never expect. And I just think that if we would change the narrative and if we would start speaking life, then God can truly do extraordinary things. He says, He will do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And some translations even say even more than we can imagine. So if we imagine ourselves being truly loved, if we imagine ourselves being embraced for who we are on the inside out, if we can imagine ourselves having a stable, satisfying and sustainable marriage for life with one man, a man that we never thought we could ever be loved, approved, accepted, affirmed, adored by if we could just imagine that God can go so much further than that and that's why I think it's imperative that women 
Black women especially change the narrative, speak life, say what God is saying. And specifically, if you truly believe that God has put a calling on your life to be married one day, that there is a mission and a ministry attached to your marriage. If you stand in agreement that now is the time of kingdom marriages, which I truly believe that is the season, the time that we're in, then you need to stand in agreement with God's word and you need to say what he is saying and shut down the lies, shut down the narratives that have kept black women bound for years. It's time to say things differently and then we will see things differently and God will have the glory. So if this podcast blessed you, I encourage you first of all to subscribe, share this podcast, and of course, leave a review and go back and listen to the other podcast. My heart is just so soft right now. There's so much going on in the world right now, and I have so much to say, and I just want to encourage my sisters in the Lord. I want to encourage couples. I want to encourage single women, people who are waiting and praying. This is just a very sensitive time, and Own Your Singleness is all about that. I am committed to helping you live well and thrive while you're single so that you can love well and thrive in your future marriage. The future marriage that I believe is a kingdom marriage, a divine marriage that glorifies God and that truly represents represents Christ and his relationship with his church. So for sure, subscribe, share, like, leave a review, and I'll see you next time.